Hey, thanks so much for giving me some time today for the podcast Life with Jerry Williams. I'm Jerry, and today I go back into the archives only a couple of years. It was January 2019 for a conversation with singer-songwriter Andrew Peterson, and we're going to get to that in just a couple of minutes. But first, this week's good news. Now, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, Monday the 22nd of February 2021, It is single tasking day. And I only bring that up because there are so many people who believe that they are great multitaskers. Oh, I can do seven things at a time. Um, You might be able to do seven things at a time, but I'm guessing you're not doing any of them very well. Concentrate on one thing at a time. Single task. Get one thing done, do it excellently, then move on to the next thing. That way, it may take you all day, but you get seven things done very well instead of doing seven things kind of, you know, sloppy. Single tasking day. Give it a try. Perseverance has landed. The ninth rover to be landed on the surface of the planet Mars, all nine of them, by the United States. It also carried Ingenuity. That's a tiny four-pound helicopter that will conduct the first ever flight on another world. 300 million mile flight for perseverance was launched from cape canaveral back in the summer july or or august and it's going to be looking for signs of life i think it'd be very interesting if it found present life but my guess is it's concentrating on past life picking up rocks and sending back data and video and audio and things like that it should be able to motor around the surface of the planet mars for about 10 years i saw this great thing on tiktok it's it's a very brief, very brief little video, but it's just a wonderful example of kindness and mercy and justice. There was a police officer in Orlando, Florida. He got a call. There was a disturbance, a complaint about a peddler, a street peddler, a lady selling flowers the day before Valentine's Day. Somebody caught this on video, just the last couple of seconds of this interaction between this police officer and this lady selling the flowers. The police officer can be seen taking his wallet and pulling a wad of bills out and handing it to the lady and then telling her, okay, now here's what you got to do. You're going to have to help me carry all these to my car. He bought all of the flowers from this lady so he wouldn't have to write her a ticket or chase her away. What a tremendous, tremendous example. Uh, Scientists have cloned the very first U.S. endangered species, a black-footed ferret from the DNA of a ferret that died back in 1988. That's good news for endangered species. This particular ferret uh, can be very nice and cuddly one day, uh, the the researchers say, and then the next day she might try to bite your finger off. You just got to be careful. It's a ferret. It's a wild animal. I'm waiting for when I can get me cloned. I could use a couple more of me. Good news, sad news. Tim Tebow was invited to the big league spring training camp for the Mets. Uh, He's signed with the Mets about five years ago gotten as far as triple a ball last year didn't play because there was no minor league season thank you COVID 19 so the mets invited him to the big league spring training camp and then on wednesday of last week tim announced his retirement from baseball saying in part that i feel like one of the biggest tragedies in life is when you look back and you were successful at something that really doesn't matter being successful at something that really doesn't matter. Tim went on to say, I don't want to do that. I want to go after things that really matter. And I don't think he's saying that necessarily sports don't matter. 
because certainly being a Heisman Trophy winner, uh, an NFL quarterback, and now a professional baseball player have given him a huge platform that most of us, quite honestly, will never even have an inkling of what it's like to have that kind of exposure and, and that kind of name recognition. And he's been able to use that to further the things in his life that really do matter, like his ministry and, and reaching out to people and sharing the good news of the gospel. So all the best to Tim Tebow. Sorry he didn't make the bigs. I would really, really was rooting for him to make it to the big leagues this year. But Tim Tebow is going after things that really matter. That conversation with Andrew Peterson coming right up. It was January of 2019, just a little over two years ago, if you're listening to this episode on the day that it came out or the week that it came out on uh, February the 22nd of 2021. So about two years ago that I had the opportunity to speak with Andrew Peterson on the phone. I was doing a, a Thursday feature on my midday show on the Joy FM Georgia, a throwback Thursday. And one of his songs, his very first single, Nothing to Say, had finally gotten old enough for me to feature on Throwback Thursday. And I love that song. I love Andrew Peterson's music. He's got some tremendous, tremendous songs. So I tracked him down. It took a while, but I got a hold of him. And we did an interview that I could use as part of that Throwback Thursday. Well, there was a lot of that interview that never made it to air because we were talking mainly about a song or two. So I'm going to share that with you now. Andrew Peterson... He, he's, he will say in the course of this interview, he figured out kind of early on that he was not exactly a radio darling. He had a couple of songs that did pretty well on radio, and then no. For some reason, radio didn't play a lot of his music, and he figured, you know, I could, I could try and, and, and customize what I'm doing so it'll be more appropriate for radio, but who knows what that is? It's so hard. He goes, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do, and if radio picks it up, great. If not, I'm just going to keep doing it anyway. That's just a part of this conversation I have with Andrew Peterson. In the show notes for this episode, I will have a link to Andrew's website and also to his YouTube channel where you can find a lot of the songs that we talk about during the course of this interview. So we'll pick it up with Andrew calling the studio to talk to me back in 2019. Hey, this is uh, Andrew Peterson calling for Jerry. Hey, Andrew Peterson, this is Jerry waiting for your call. You know, I have been a huge fan of yours since uh, Nothing to Say. Oh, man. Thank you. But Dancing in the Minefields was just tremendous. And, and I've gone back in, in anticipation of this, gone back and done some research on you and, and re-listened to a lot of stuff. I, I, I am just in even deeper admiration for your lyrics. Thank you. That's very kind of you. I appreciate it. So the the genesis for this was every Thursday I do a, a throwback Thursday feature. And finally, nothing to say is old enough that I can feature it <laughs> on, on, yes. on a throwback Thursday. Dancing in the Minefield still still too new for that. Um, that's so funny. I'm, I, that's great with me. <laughs> But you, you, I mean, you didn't stop with nothing to say and dancing in the minefields. You continue to record and, 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 and release music and put stuff up on your YouTube channel. I'm so thankful for YouTube because it gives me a chance to go back. And I, I, I tell you, I burned a, almost a week's worth of afternoons just going back and re-listening to some of your music. Oh, man, amazing. Well, thank you. I'm so glad. I don't know how to put it. Like, not, 
I'm not like a radio darling, you know. And I think I realized after the first record when I had there were a couple of radio. This would have been in what 2000 or something. Yeah. Um, uh, then there were a couple of songs that radio played, and then that was kind of it. And I th- I remember on the second the second record uh, trying to write, thinking like, oh yeah, I really want to write songs that will be uh, amenable to radio people again, you know, because it was it's a huge blessing to have your song like cast out across America. And so uh, anyway, and then it didn't work with the second one, and I was kind of realized that if I was going to be doing this for a long time, my heart was going to get too beat up if I if I kept trying to throw myself up against that radio wall. So I just decided, I remember by the third record, I was like done trying to write specifically for Christian radio. I was kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to write my songs, the ones that the Lord is leading me to write and try to tell my story as well as I can. And if they play it on the radio, awesome. And if not, also awesome, I, because I have this work to do. You know what I mean? And, uh, and it couldn't get like my my motives couldn't get like muddied up by trying to like change what I did in order to meet the the kind of like you know it's just so hard to know what song's going to work and what song's not and you guys have such a uh, a massive amount of songs you've got to sift through and decide to play and I was just like you know what I've got a, other ways to use my time and I'm just going to keep writing the songs that I write which is why it was such a massive blessing to have dancing in the minefields get picked up by the radio like i was just so happy um and i'm that way now too like with uh the song is he worthy that chris tomlin recorded like of, of all the songs you know there's a, a short list of songs that i have to do every night i play a concert you know yeah, yeah. um the people expect me to play and i love to play all of them you know like all of them are songs that i wrote because they were what you know came out of me and they it wasn't me trying to like be something I wasn't. And so the, the, I'm so thankful, you know, that, um, that the songs that you guys ended up playing were also songs that I was going to play anyway. Tell me a little bit about, um, nothing to say the first radio single It was on your first record, right? Uh, yeah. two, 2000, it came out on carried along, uh, opens with, Hey Jamie, uh, who is your wife? Right. <laughs> and, and yeah. You know, I, uh, the the wise ahead, the wise guy in me wants to say for a guy with nothing to say you took three and a half minutes to say it yeah <laughs> I got that joke a few times uh, over the sure years. you did it's all right I did yeah um, no it's it's uh, it was actually more like four and a half minutes the original version of the song I'm so sorry for that <laughs> uh, but the uh, yeah I wrote that it's funny I I, I wrote that song in 1995 oh. which I don't know how long ago that is from now. How, how long, how far back? That's, That's 20, thir- 30. 23 years ago. Yeah. Is that right? No. Anyway, a long time ago. And uh, I was uh, newly married, and my wife and I drove to the Grand Canyon from Florida. And uh, and when I got home, I was kind of a, just beginning to, to learn what it meant to be a songwriter and, and was doing a few shows here and there, mostly uh, full of, with like three of my songs and 10 Rich Mullins songs. And, uh, and so I uh, was still learning a lot about songwriting, and I remember being really frustrated when I got home that uh, I couldn't think of anything to write about. I was like, man, I've seen the Rocky Mountains and the Grand Canyon for the first time. It was this overwhelming experience, and I can't think of anything to say. And my friend goes, write about that. And so that gave me the idea to kind of like the angle on the song, like, well, I've seen all these things, and I have nothing 
nothing more to say because the Lord has said uh, all that needed to be said by just speaking these things into being. And so, uh, anyway, that was kind of the germ of the idea for the song. And uh, and ironically, I wrote the song. I included the riches on the radio line um, because that was I was listening to Rich Mullins when we were driving from Flagstaff to the Grand Canyon, and uh, and it was the you know his music is the perfect mountain driving music. Yeah. And uh, but it was while he was still alive, and so I felt kind of embarrassed that I'd put him in the song when he was still some dude that was just kind of out there in the world. And then by the time my uh, first record came out, he had died, and that ended up being the first single. And so there were a lot of people who were still grieving Rich's death, and it just was this wonderful little blessing that uh, that, that song ended up kind of speaking to some of the grief that people people were feeling about Rich's passing. Well, I, I, th- I think that there's a lot of influence there from Rich, or at least a lot of similarities in the way you structure your lyrics. I mean, Rich had just a, a, a tremendously unique way of taking two truths that you didn't think went together and, and putting them together through that prism he used and coming out with a brand new color of truth. Sure, you know? yeah. Yeah, that's what the best poets do. Uh, it's, it's, like, uh, it's amazing to see what people do when they jumble, jumble language around in a way that, uh, I mean, that's what we all do, I guess. Um, but he was... I mean, there's. I've never made any. Uh, <laughs> um, I've always proudly said, yes, he's probably my my biggest influence and my my favorite songwriter ever. I put him and James Taylor and Paul Simon on the same shelf, and uh, and his uh, his songs especially. Like I think he was just as gifted as a writer as those other two guys, but he knew the Lord yeah. and uh, and knew Scripture really well. And there was this uh, infusion of. Um, the way I usually describe it is that Rich Mullins was this wonderful trifecta of uh, honesty and truth and beauty, that he was honest about his shortcomings, that he told the truth, and his scriptures were full of uh, scripture. I mean, his uh, songs were full of scripture and the gospel, and he was a, a genuine poet. Poet, Like, he, he really wasn't messing around when it came to his uh, songwriting. Um, and so the three of those things together just made made for something that I think a lot of songwriters are always shooting for. How, how much of your music comes, is like autobiographical? Uh, obviously, the song we just talked about, um, Nothing to Say, you say it was, was birthed on that trip out west. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that there is a good bit of your own personal experience in dancing in the minefields. Oh, yeah, all of it, yeah. Um, I mean, most... Uh, it, most of my songwriting is is autobiographical because I just don't know what else I would really write about, and so the uh, <laughs> uh, and yet I've also because of Behold the Lamb of God and the Resurrection Letters projects um, and some of the Slugs and Bugs stuff a little bit um, that that I have I also love um, telling the scriptural tr- like putting scripture to music in one yeah. way or another like like my my uh, songs. Or my albums have a few songs, quite a few songs. Like uh, there's one called the Sower Song on on my two albums ago. Um, that is one part autobiographical, but then the the whole end of the song is almost verbatim Isaiah 55. Um, and so I do love actually trying to like wrangle scripture into music. And uh, and the Resurrection Letters Project, my my last record, was just a celebration of 
of the resurrection of Jesus. And so there's something kind of wonderful. It's like taking a bath almost every year. Um, when I do my normal concerts, you know, they're, they're more just singer songwriter concerts. And I, I talk about Jesus and I talk about, you know, my life and the way he has redeemed me. And, uh, but it's, you know, there's a lot of autobiographical stuff. And then when we get to December, uh, I put all those songs to bed and the band and I go out and we sing, Behold the Lamb of God, which is just this uh, musical rendition of the story of the Incarnation. And so it's so nice to have every year like almost like a reset where um, I re- I'm reminded that the most inter- interesting thing about my story is not me. Yeah. <laughs> the most interesting thing about my story is Jesus. And so uh, every year you get this chance to, to, to recenter and readjust the compass and then, and now that the resurrection letters things happen, I'm doing these like yearly Easter tours where, where uh, you know, I'll do some sh- songs of my own, but then it's like actually the thing I really want to tell you about is the truth of the resurrection of of Jesus. So, um, yeah, it's a combination of those two things, I think. So, do you have this Easter tour set for this year yet? Yeah, it's it's ninety ninety percent booked, I think. And are those dates available on your website? They are on my website. Yep, they're easy to find. And uh, I'm going to be going out um, with the same band I took out last year, wonderful bunch of musicians, and then also uh, one of my favorite young songwriters, and it's Taylor Linhart. Um, and uh, I can't wait for people to hear her music. She's just marvelous. Great. And my daughter, oh. by the way. My daughter, Sky Peterson, is a young singer-songwriter, so she's going to come and sing some, too. Very cool. Now, off the top of your head, do you know if you're getting anywhere near Atlanta? That is a good question. I don't remember, but I certainly hope so. I'm actually looking at my computer right now, so I can tell you. Albertville, Alabama, Huntsville, which isn't terribly far away. Right. Um, I don't see Atlanta on here, but that doesn't mean that it won't happen. Anywhere in Georgia? I'm looking for Georgia. It's funny. Like I have so many roots in Georgia. My sister lives in Jonesboro. Uh, really? And Yeah. She, she and her, her husband is a youth pastor down there, and my nephews are there and uh my parents met in atlanta at at what used to be called atlanta christian college yeah um in uh east point and we were just joking about this with my parents the other day that that uh their one of their first dates was to stone mountain and they were walking <laughs> they were walking up stone mountain and my mom who's just you know this small town girl very prim and proper uh christian young woman she said uh she said i remember your daddy he uh, he reached down to help me out of one of the little craters on Stone Mountain, and I just never let go of his hand. Oh, and that's that, great. <laughs> and that was like the big romance was that she held his hand after uh, on Stone, and they, and here I am. Oh, that's tremendous! That's tremendous. Pretty funny. So I love playing in Georgia. I hope we make it make it over. Yeah, there. I hope so too. I hope so too. Um, let me ask you about Dancing in the Minefields just a little bit, because, I mean, we, we, we sure. know that song. We, we've played that song here at the Joy FM forever and ever. I've used it when I, on, on various blog posts of mine. I've cited it and embedded the video when I've talked about, like, lessons for marriage. I've been married a little bit longer than you have, uh, but I, uh-huh. I, I could not say any of the stuff. that It would take me forever to say what you said in three and a half, four minutes in that song. Uh, and just the tremendous lessons in that song. Was that birthed out of just the joy of being married, or were there some things going on? What, what were the minefields yeah. you were dancing through? Yeah, well, um, it's funny. It, the song was born after a big fight. 
like uh, it wasn't like some me sitting around reflecting on how marvelous m- uh, my, I was or my my wife was at the time. It was we got in an argument, uh, and it was a like two days after our fifteenth wedding anniversary. And we don't argue very much, but you know, any any time you got two people, two broken people trying to f- figure out life together, there's going to be conflict. And uh, and so she and I got in a, an argument, and you know, by the time she went to bed, I was. I was kind of uh, beginning to realize that I was wrong, you know, that whole thing. And you slowly are like, oh, man, I can't believe it. You know, I shouldn't have said this or I shouldn't have done this. And and so I was up late, uh, didn't go to bed until I had finished writing the song. And um, I think it was partly because, you know, it wasn't just that it was an argument. It was an argument a few days after um, a really wonderful 15th wedding anniversary date. And it was kind of a time for us to look back at the way the Lord had rescued us so many times um i mean we had really hard years in our marriage where we weren't uh, you know i wasn't sure if we were going to make it and and uh other years where it was just marvelous and and you know i think that we we when we got married there was this this kind of uh smugness because we liked each other so much and loved each other so much and i remember thinking to myself many times like uh we're not going to be like other married people who argue you know, we're, we're too in love for that. I'm too good of a husband and she's too good of a wife. And we're just going to be the, you know, eternally happy married couple. And it's just silliness. It's like, man, that's like betrays like a misunderstanding of how deeply sinful I am. You know what I mean? And how, and how deeply sinful she is. Like we are all like profoundly broken. And, uh, and the amazing thing about marriage is that you are utterly exposed you know, yeah. through this other human being, like they know, every, they've seen you at your very worst, which isn't very flattering. And, uh, and for them to continue to love you is one of God's most brilliant metaphors for, um, for the nature of his love for us. And so anyway, the the song, yeah, I usually introduce it by saying, this is a song I wrote after I got in a big fight with my wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there you go. That's great. What about be kind to yourself? Yeah, that one that one was for my sweet daughter. Um I've got I've got three kids who are uh um the boys are out of the ha- are older now. Uh they're 20 and 19 and my daughter is 16 and uh she is the most like me. Like she, she is a she's been writing songs since she was like 5 years old. She can sing and she plays piano and guitar wonderfully and and uh anyway, it's just been amazing how it's really fun to have a daughter who um, is better than you at something. And so, um, she, uh, I don't know if you know the Enneagram at all. Have you heard of the Enneagram? Like it's, it's not, I'm not usually into like personality test type things, but, but this one's pretty helpful. And, and the, the Enneagram number four is the the kind of emotional Uh uh, artist type temperament. And my daughter and I both like, if we were to take the online test, we would both like be clearly textbook fours. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, so the, the funny thing is, my my wife is not. She's more like solid and anchored, and and uh, she <laughs> she has to deal with these two crybaby artists <laughs> in the house all the time. So literally yesterday, I I got in from a jog, and I'd been listening to um, my headphones on the run. And uh, the Killers is one of my favorite rock bands, but they have a song uh, called Rut, which is this amazing song about uh, the lead singer's wife fighting her way through a depression, and it's this majestic, just triumphant song. And I was just crying while I was jogging. It was so moving to me. I came in the house, and I was like, Jamie, I just 
had this moment where I was ugly crying on the run from listening to this song, and she kind of listened to me patiently. And uh, she said, your daughter just literally pulled out of the driveway and had just been telling me about a song that she heard the day that she was making her cry at school. <laughs> and so, like, like, she and I both are, like, dealing with it. So the reason I bring all that up is that um, one of the ways that we're similar is that I'm really good at self-loathing and uh, really easily beat myself up and get all up in my head about all the ways that I wish I was. And, and uh, that internal monologue can be pretty, pretty brutal. And uh, my daughter, unfortunately, I've seen her kind of tip in that direction a few times. And so I wrote that song for her one night while I was trying to help her believe that, that uh, help her to remember that she was lovable. And, uh, and that, um, uh, the, you know, the, the irony was I, I wrote it literally as a father talking to his daughter. And while I sang the song for her the very first time, I felt like God said to me, pay attention to the way a father loves his children. Um, and remember that, you know, because because the song ended up being for me too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one more, and I'll let you go. Um, yeah, I want to say I'm sorry. Oh wow, <laughs> and you're you're picking the like the deep uh, the deep ones. Um, yeah, well, well, those so... are the ones. As I was listening, and was, holy cow, I, I listened. To that was okay. One more, maybe, and then holy cow, and one more, maybe. <laughs> I told you, oh, I man. blew a well... week's worth of afternoons <laughs> listening to your music. Well, thank you so much. I, uh, well, that, um, I want to say I'm sorry was, was written. It wasn't intended to be a song for an album. I wrote it for a friend of mine who, um, uh, we had a falling out and, um, you know, it was one of those things where we knew that it was going to be okay. Like if the gospel is true and then one day you're going to sit at the wedding feast of the lamb with these people. And so the sooner we can get, get on track to forgiveness and reconciliation, the better. Uh, but also it, it kind of gave us, uh, some patience. I was kind of like, we both were like, we just need some time, uh, to, to kind of like let the Holy spirit do its work in our hearts so that we can like get to the other side of whatever this thing is. And, uh, anyway, it took about a year and about a year after the, 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 what the thing happened that caused the pain, I, uh, I was just thinking about it and re- realized more than ever how much I had to apologize for. You know, like if you apologize to somebody for something painful the next day, um, you don't even really know what was going on in your heart yet. You know, you don't, it's impossible. Our, uh, our souls are too complex for us to understand these things. So there's a sense in which a year is, is the beginning of be- realizing just how all the complexities that go into um, what can create friction between two human souls, you know? And so, uh, anyway, I, uh, after about a year, I was like, man, now I think I know how to apologize in, in a way that I couldn't have a year ago. And so I did, I wrote him a song and texted it to him, uh, just like a little iPhone demo. And I texted the song to him anyway, we're fine now. Um, dear friends. And, and, uh, but, uh, I was in the studio working on the, the album, the burning edge of dawn. And, my producer, Gabe, was like, you got any other songs laying around? And I was like, well, I got this one, but it's too personal. Um, it doesn't really belong on a record. And I played it for him, and he said, uh, "He said you have to put it on the album. <laughs> he <laughs> said the fact that it is so personal is why, why it needs to be on there. So, yeah. Well, brother, it has been a pleasure catching up with you a little bit. I'm sorry I kept you longer than I told uh, whoever it no, was set fine. this up. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the encouragement.
And that's it for another episode of Life with Jerry Williams, the podcast. I'm Jerry. Thanks so much for allowing me to be a part of your day today. Hope that you will subscribe to the podcast. If your platform allows, give us a review, five-star rating. That will help other people find the podcast as well. In the show notes for this episode, I do have links to Andrew Peterson's official website, where you can find out a whole lot more about him, about his music, his touring. He's written some books all kinds of great stuff. And I have a link to his YouTube channel too, so that you can watch some of the videos. He's got uh, the official videos for a couple of the songs that we talked about, like Dancing in the Minefields, and uh, I Want to Say I'm Sorry, and Be Kind to Yourself, and a whole lot of other great music on the YouTube channel as well. Next week, Monday, every Monday, new episode of Life with Jerry Williams, the podcast. <laughs>